0: Global controls will have to be imposed and, 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 and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboys.
1: Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional idea. <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Yeah. And welcome to another episode. away the blackberry. What is going on? Stop Chad talking. That's a different podcast. And welcome <laughs> to... Uh, welcome to... To uh, Tim Foyle, ha- uh, you know who I am, you know what I'm here to do. Join me again, as always, except for the last episode, uh, my good friend, XG, the place to be. What's up? How are you? We got a good, good, good one today. We got a good one today for you. So real quick, a lot of amazing things going on. We have a ton of shows going. Um, honestly, I-, I realized the first flyer was already passed. Ah, uh, So that's done. Uh, th- Wednesday night. No, that won't be out too. Okay, so uh, Thursday. Tonight, tonight, uh, it is Sam Tripley and his filthy friends live at Harvell's in Long Beach. That's an 8 p.m. door, 9 p.m. show. It is just nothing but stand-up and burlesque, and I'm telling you, man... These women are great dancers. They bring the house down. It is one of the most fun shows I've, I do. Uh, so come down. You can go to Harvell's. Just Google Harvell's Long Beach and grab your tickets. It's only $10 for an hour of power. Look at that list of comics. That is every social justice warrior's wet dream, okay? We got thick chicks, Latinas, <laughs> black people, Mexicans, emos, alcoholics, recovering drug addicts. It's like a potpourri of like feelings on this shelf. So come on down and grab that stuff. And then this weekend, I'm super stoked. Me and Eddie Bravo, Eddie Bravo. No, excuse me. It is the tinfoil hat comedy tour. And we are are in Washington. That's right. We're at Spokane Friday night. That is a 10 PM show. And then, and that is the eighth. And then the ninth, we are at Tacoma, and that is a 4.30 show. You can find the links to grab tickets on samtriplee.com. All right? Uh, what else do we have now? Oh, and then Arizona is after that. I'm proud to announce that XG will be joining myself and Eddie Bravo on the Waking Arizona Tour. Uh, we are doing the 28th at the House of Comedy that is a 730 show. And then we're doing the 29th in Tucson at the 919 Tool. Okay, go to 919 Tool, and that's T-O-O-L-E.com. Am I saying it right? Or is it Tule or something? Uh
0: Al- no, it's just Tucson is still misspelled.
1: Okay, Kiss Dicks, <laughs> Kiss Dicks. Kiss Dicks, all right. It's spelled how I want to be spelled, alright? And so that's and then we also have a real fun announcement we announced it yesterday I mean on the last show but I want to announce it here we are going to be at Skank Fest this year 2019 Skank Fest New York myself, Eddie Bravo my man XG Tim Dillon will be joining us hopefully they'll give us the big room and we'll pack it out for you kids you want Triple E you ask for Triple E you ask for XG we bring them okay we're like a jukebox. You want the hits? We'll give you the hits. <laughs> Just when we come to your shows, you gotta do it. Oh man, we forgot March 16th, too. March 16th, New Jersey. We're at Tiff's Al and Grill House, myself, XG, New Jersey is the place to be. Come and hang out. Now these shows are huge because the more you guys come to these shows, the more we're gonna get booked in more markets. It really is that. We wanna come out. We're gonna start I decide we're gonna start filming the the uh, Q and A's at the end. And we're going to put those out in the YouTube and stuff like that. If you love my stand-up, we're, we're putting all pieces I, I, I get into that after. Um, so that's it. Those are the big announcements. Those are the big shows. Uh, the new t-shirts up? The clockwork orange t-shirt is now available. Go to tinfoilhatpod.com. Grab that. Patreon is going. We've got like conspiracy nows. We have the uh, Secret Society, uh, the Mad <coughs> Hatters, audio, video, and I do live streams when I can work them in. So that's all on there. The Patreon is, yeah, the children love it. It's fun for the whole family. This week, we have Stevie Weebe on. Now, I'm not allowed to invite you to the Comedy Store, but if you want to go there, Wednesday at 9 p.m. is Stevie Weeby. So that just happened last night. Next week is... I forget anyways so those are those are the not did I miss anything you miss uh, the bit oh, tomorrow okay hold on hold on I know what I missed I missed this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Absolute Extract Absolute Extract dot abx dot org they don't want they don't want to they don't have a promo code they don't have anything they just want you to go check out their website they got everything man it is a great time to smoke weed it's the best time ever to smoke weed Get off the pharmaceuticals. Smoke yeah. weed. They got shit for you, dog. It's everywhere, man. If I was a recovering alcoholic, I'd be crushing this shit right now.
0: Or you could be both now. They got weed with alcohol. We always talk about that. Oh, one. yeah. You I love you were like, hey, dude, give up on make fuck your it. life
1: better. <laughs> Go hard in the paint. Do everything at once. Do everything at once. But uh, they got weed beer. They got uh, every. I mean, you name it, they have it. They have all of it.
0: Or you can put it in whatever you want. They got the dislet, It's got like the, loud it's butter. It's a great time to be Just real. fuck it. Anything. Do you pancakes. know they
1: tried to make snortable weed that you could snort it? <laughs> yeah, that's where we are as a society. How come weed is getting better and, nothing, and, and nobody else is working harder on other stuff? So go to our good friends at abx.org. They are sponsoring uh, Comedy Chaos. All the Comedy Chaoses are brought to you by uh, Absolute Extract. Uh, go to our friends at BetDSI. You can now make bets. You're, it's almost time to make bets on conspiracies. Will we find lizard people? Is the earth hollow? All that stuff, you're going to be able to bet on our good friends at Bet Bet BetDSI for all of your betting needs. They ain't fucking around.
0: They ain't fucking around. They got this uh, TV series. You watch TV, a binge a show, and you like bet what's going to happen at the end. It's just yeah. fucking crazy. Now yeah. you can binge and bet. I mean,
1: dude, I mean, you bet on everything because we're all just a bunch of just crazy whack jobs who just got to make money somehow, right? So you go on that. Uh, you go there, use the promo code HAT100, and you will, they will match any deposit up to $500. And again, the conspiracy bets are coming. You know, it's a great time. Sports, get all those. Get all, Whether it's the NBA, the NBA playoffs without LeBron James and the Lakers. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> All right. UFC is killing it. Baseball starting up. It's a great time to watch sports. And I know you guys are in conspiracies and you think sports are a distraction. You know what? Fuck it. I enjoy it. All right. I'm taking a moment from talking about lizard people and eating children to enjoy watching the Lakers flame out. Let me have my peace. All right. And then go to our friends at caveman coffee, cavemancoffee.com and grab uh help them out, man. They're an independent coffee shop. And Nitro, we gave that we give those away at the uh, comedy chaos as well. Nitro, uh, whether you know, fuck Red Bull, get Nitro. They got teas, they got uh, everything you want. What is that? Hair products?
0: They got K-Pods. they got coconut oil tumblers, the whole works. God Fucking dang. the world! It's a wonderful time to be alive. And it gets delivered to your house. You ain't even got to move. It gets
1: delivered to your house. What a great time, man. <clears throat> Unbelievable. <clears throat> so enough. I know you guys uh, are going ge- to be complaining about all that, but that's that's the business that we do. That's what we do. If you like to get blocked, please tell them where you think the show starts, that, and I will block it down to zero subscribers. I don't care. I love you all. And I'm so thankful you listen. But I, this is our our symbiotic relationship, and uh, you can see they're now cutting up some of my. Some of my special is now appearing on my YouTube, and we have three videos out right now, and the feedback has been wonderful. Dude. I was expecting just an onslaught of go kiss dicks, dude, and it, it's been wonderful, pleasant surprise. I'm so thank you. I want to thank everybody from the ruins who have jumped in there and uh, banged back on some of these people that are saying mean stuff. I'm very thankful. I see you. I love the ruins. You're doing the Lord's work. Uh, so yeah, check out go to youtube.com, uh, Sam Tripoli, and check it out. Guys, today's episode is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Where are we from? What's the deal? Ancient civilizations. I love this shit. I could listen to this the whole time. Stop watching mainstream news. It's giving you clutter for your brain. Learn something amazing. The evidence that this is like we are part of uh, multiple civilizations that have come back from way back in the day, you know. Starting to think the Matrix was a documentary, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> starting to think that just the base on the stuff that they said in that movie, I'm starting to think there's something else going on. Joining us, you can find him uh, his all of his literature at thestageoftime.com. He's got a wonderful YouTube. Uh, channel named after and please welcome to the show Matt LaCroix everybody Matt how are you
2: it's great to be here Sam thanks so much
1: thank you so much we appreciate you and your uh, no pictures on your wall your your <laughs> you, you take minimalism to the max my friend
2: well you know I haven't um I haven't hung anything yet but perhaps I will coming up in the future
1: <laughs> now did you just move in here is this a big move for you no,
2: I've actually been in my house for a while. I guess it's just one of those things where this is my office and I I guess I just decided not to really hang much in that corner.
1: Hey, dude, you do you, dude. You know, it's like, you know, you ever go to these like fashion shows and everyone's there's the, nobody's wearing anything. They're like, isn't the fashion amazing? You have great right decor by having no decor. How about that one? <laughs>
2: Simplicity, I guess,
1: right? So, Matt, tell us a little bit about where we can find all your stuff before we begin, because I'm super excited about this episode. Uh, tell us about your website and your YouTube page.
2: Okay, Sam. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a young guy who has been on this road, like, like you, this road of truth, trying to figure out, well, how far back does our human story go? Where, what are the origins of mankind? Is it different than what we've been told? Are we doing what we should be doing in our in our existence? Are you know all of those questions have been something that's been on my mind for a long time. And so, um, over ten years ago, I started embarking on this this road where I said to myself, "I'm not going to listen to the mainstream any longer because I'm seeing too many holes and too many." Too many of these logical fallacies and these things that just don't really make sense when you look at what the evidence actually says. And so, um, thestageoftime.com is my author website where I not only do I discuss some of the books and the, some of the, some of the shows that I've done, but I actually put on these translations from these ancient writings that we're about to go over right now, coming up, uh, so that people can say, well. He, this person said something and this person said something, but I want to actually go see it for myself. And that's what I wanted to provide with some of this. So I also have a YouTube page, um, Matthew LaCroix, where I review this stuff on a pretty regular basis. Cause like you said, this is pretty much my bread and butter of what I like to talk and, and think about, because it, it gets into the, some of the biggest questions we still have that are somewhat unanswered.
1: Yeah, it is amazing, dude. Like The blessings of this podcast, besides changing my life professionally uh, in terms of my career and stuff like that, being able to tour, is the expansion of like so much, there's so much more going on in the world that we're ever even told about that I just, I just, I love this stuff and the thoughts that, man, it's like, when you start talking to people about the stuff you learn on the show and they're like, no way. And then you see them look it up, you're like, oh my God, it's true. It's, it's an it's exciting. How, when did you start looking into this stuff? You you are a young man. What did you start getting into the Anunnaki and all that stuff? Okay.
2: So I'm 35 years old. I, I actually, some people, a lot of people tell me I look younger than that. But I have been doing this for over 10 years. Um, and it became somewhat of an obsession for me. Because as I, this, this rabbit hole, like you just mentioned, the matrix. As I started to learn pieces of all these different aspects of understanding, you know, what the nature of reality is, the universe and our, our purpose here, all those things started to connect together (laughs) in this much larger, um, understanding than what I was being told at school. And so when I was, when I was a young man, I was spending a lot of time hiking and getting out and getting into nature. And, and that's where I started to see these strange anomalies that go against this Darwinian, empty model we've been told of where you know we're here all alone everything just came from some pool of ooze and then you know here we are we're just this evolved ape and and none of that really sat well with me and you know as i was out in nature seeing all the spirals everywhere and this this golden ratio it it really connected to me on a on a level where there was a lot more going on than what was right in front of us and there was a lot more that could be connected specifically with ancient history. That's where as much as, listen, I love to talk about conspiracies, you know, modern stuff, everything from JFK to nine 11 to all that stuff. That stuff's amazing. Yeah. But my, my passion lies with ancient history because it has the answers to most of the questions that we still have. And more importantly, when you start going down this road of wondering where all this stuff came from and why things are the way they are, the only way to know is to look at the ancient past
1: yeah for sure and i mean i i think you're 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 completely correct on this and it's like a lot of stuff going on today is connected to what happened back there and not only what happened back there but also this movement to cover up what's happened back there i you know i was yep. talking to my friend yesterday about you know the black sun the demonization of mother earth The Antichrist, what is the Antichrist? Most likely, Mother Earth. If you think about what's the opposite of Christ, the anti of Christ, Christ's son, of uh, God in heaven, a man in heaven, the opposite of that is Mother Earth and the demonization of that and all this crazy stuff that goes so far back that people don't even know and you start to get into it and then how that can lead into some stuff about flat earth and again, to whatever you want to believe on that is your own thing, I'm not judging anybody and not, I'm not getting into that, we're not going to change anybody's minds right now I just find I'm open to all the information because I know there's been a a great lie going on or a misrepresentation whether it's intentional or not I have to say I believe it is Uh, I just think it's interesting to start unraveling the mysteries that are these things you know obviously the Matrix was a great movie and the more and more I learn you know, it's just like how much is in that movie of what we study today. And it's, it really does blow my mind. And, you know, the, uh, we did something with the guys from Ancient Aliens about the Anunnaki. And I watch your videos and how you seem to believe that these are facts. And I think that's amazing because, you know, if you say there's proof, uh, I, and I'm looking forward to hearing about it today, that opens everything up. It changes the whole game. And I, I I think that's a much more exciting place to be than to sit there and believe in a book that and there's nothing against anybody who's Christian here. God bless you, if you want to be, that's your thing. I, I will fight for your right to believe in what you want to believe, you know. but I mean, you're believing in a, in a book that was written by people who didn't even follow that religion to me is a very interesting thing. you know, when the sun gods are are writing the Bible. You know, and it's just like, it's interesting to me. No disrespect. And I will, again, I, 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 lo- I have very Christian friends and I respect them. But I find everything you're talking about so interesting. So let's get into this. What is the Sumerian kings? Who are these kings? What is this king? Is there a list? What is this all about?
2: Okay. And we can actually connect um, quite a few of the things that you just mentioned as well. If we look into, well... What do these ancient writings actually say? You know, what do they claim based on if you have the most accurate translations of them? And so here we are in this this position today where you were mentioning about modern religion and, well, where where do those stories come from? You know, are they just a, a tampering and rewriting of ancient stories from Mesopotamia and these Gnostic writings are we, are we looking at a situation where a lot of this ancient history, these cuneiform tablets that we're talking about, have some, has, has a lot of it been suppressed? Has a lot of it been deliberately kept out of the history books because it talks about a completely different version and, and also length of timeline of how far back our history actually goes? And so what the Sumerian king list is, is it's what's called a cuneiform tablet. And th- that's a very important thing for people to understand because it's to me it's a stepping stone towards all this. If you want to have your mind blown, go look at all these different cuneiform tablets. does it called? Find the most accurate How do you spell
1: that? Curaform? Not t- how, do you, how do you pronounce do you pronounce cuneiform?
2: C u n e, iform i f o r m. So cuneiform, and it's it's quite ingenious, right? So let's say let's set this let's set the stage here let's let's go back and begin let's say you are um, one of these ancient civilizations that was around well over ten thousand years ago let's say okay which by the way would completely contradict with the mainstream view we're given which to throw that out there to start says that human civilizations essentially was taught in school human civilizations organized and became sophisticated around 5,000 years ago. And what we're gonna do, looking at, this, at the evidence we're gonna look at tonight, we're gonna completely throw that number on its head and we're gonna have to go back much, much further than that. How far okay. do you think we go? Right now, we're gonna, using direct evidence from these cuneiform tablets, we, we, we have a number to start of, and I'm gonna just say that because I think it might go back, it goes back further but the number we actually have directly from the from the Sumerian king list is we're about to review 250,000 years of history. Wow. Try to wrap your head around that. And I know that number seems absolutely insane because we've been given this certain indoctrinated curriculum where we've been conditioned to believe okay, well 10,000 years ago it was it was developing nomadic cavemen right
1: right and then
2: before that it was these pre-humans that go back through the denisovian and neanderthals and then before that oh my god we're getting into dinosaurs right Right. well we're gonna really throw this entire timeline on its head and we're gonna but we're gonna bring in the evidence that actually says specifically that rather than just someone out here spouting their own theories about how far back it could have gone so so now that we set that stage now, let's imagine if you were an ancient civilization that was around more than 10,000 years ago, okay? And you wanted to try to leave a message behind. Right. How would you do it? Would you, would you write on some kind of a paper or an animal skin? Or would you go on some kind of cave wall and do some painting and some drawing? What would happen to those things? Well, the paper and the, and the animal skins would eventually... Wear away and disappear, and you would lose them. The, the The drawings on the walls might remain, but it's difficult to really put a lot of information. You'd have to have enormous caves with all this writing all over the place. It just—it's not very efficient. So, what do you do? Well, part of the proof behind how advanced these civilizations were and their sophistication is they learned how to make the most um, sail phase. Uh, Safe writing that could survive, essentially fail safe writing that could survive for over, you know, well over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 years. They figured out how to do it. And the way that they figured out how to do it was what was what's called cuneiform writing. And that's a very important thing for people to understand because it means that you have, yeah, and that's the Sumerian king list. That's, wow. a, that's, a, that's a cuneiform tablet. So wow. you have a piece of clay. They usually, use, they usually use clay or stone. And they, what they did is they etched in, in you know, like a third dimensional etch in, inside the actual surface itself, the writing or whatever they wanted to to, um, to leave behind. So therefore, if, if something that is in, that's embedded inside something can't really be eroded because, because of the way that it was designed, and that's exactly what's happened. After all of these things have disappeared for, from us understanding what really occurred this far back, here we have thousands, I want to make that clear, thousands of cuneiform tablets that have been recovered in the last several hundred years from just from this one region that's called Mesopotamia. Okay, And where um, is that area? Okay, so Mesopotamia is... Um, right in the middle of where all of these war zones have been for the last yeah, 20, years, okay? And that is the region of Iraq, Syria, right over into Iran, Saudi Arabia, and then over through basically the entire Middle East, okay? And I find it very interesting that when you go look at a lot of these ancient um, cities and sites, like the city of Nineveh, which is in, which was in, in what's now Northern Syria. Um, if you, in the, this in the Syria, Iraq area, um, those, those boundaries didn't exist long before. So it was just the region of, of Mesopotamia, but this was called the fertile crescent because what you had is two very important rivers, the Tigris and Euphrates rivers that came together and formed a very fertile agricultural area that eventually dumped into the ocean. Now, this region, it, like this this ancient city of Nineveh, if you go look at it today, compared to even just 20 years ago, these armies, these proxy armies like ISIS and a lot of these others, Al Qaeda, they've destroyed most of what was left of these statues and these in these ancient cities. Yeah. All that's left now is a rubble. Oh. Okay. And so is that just a coincidence when you start looking back at all of these ancient history sites, going back as far as you can in this region then going all the way to Egypt and places like the Library of Alexandria and how it was burned to the ground and we lost all those ancient records. You just see this reoccurring theme over and over again of where no matter where, no matter what time period it is, invading armies or whatever armies you want to call them ended up ended up destroying all of these artifacts.
1: Yeah. And are, are yeah. you saying it's personal it's done purposefully by people who are trying to keep the the humanity from learning their history, you know? Is It's
2: it, done it's done from a combination in my opinion of two different groups. Before it was it was primarily done by some of these powerful religious groups that emerged which want which sought to control what the story was because that's essentially what the um the old and new testament of where we're going to go into of the christian bible it it essentially is a collection of older stories that came from the gnostics of egypt and the and the sumerians and the generally the mesopotamian region
1: so inter- and then you hear like you know about like weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and there's this whole conspiracy we'll use that word loosely about how a stargate there was supposed to be a stargate possibly in Iraq and how the first things that they raided when they went in wasn't the cities it was like museums the the, yes. the, 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 you, the, our, our, forces, when they went in Iraq, the first place they went were these libraries and these museums to grab these artifacts and how interesting. If you go look
2: at photographs, um, there's pictures you can actually find online of you look up like, um, you know, U S soldiers in Iraq, you uh, Iraqi museum, you know, just some key phrases like that. And you can actually see, um, U- U.S. soldiers going into the Iraqi museum and removing all of these artifacts and, and these things, and you, and you say to yourself, "What are they doing in there?" Oh, well, the, well mo- and most people that are part of this um, indoctrination that we, we and we live in would say, "Well, they're they're safeguarding those relics so they don't get stolen by you know terrorists and forces that come in." Except for the fact that. You know, a significant amount of those artifacts ended up end up in places like the Vatican archives, and then nobody ever sees them again.
1: Yeah. And so, which is bringing us back to the theme is these Jesuits who like are deep undercover black nobility. Now we getting into some Pindar stuff, and you know, just that 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 library that the Vatican has, which has has all these books that nobody's been allowed to see since forever. I mean, forever. Not just
2: books, though. Not just books. Um, you can the it, There's direct evidence that shows that the, that the Vatican Library not only housed all the artifacts that were stolen from Cortez um, and Pizarro when they conquered um, the Central American and Mexican civilizations in South America, all of these writings and animal skins and all of these things that have the Mayan and Aztec and Inca um, evidence of stories but they have large amounts of cuneiform tablets in these vaults that nobody's allowed to see probably, oh, along with all those god. writings
1: what is going on at the vatican dude
2: like- and you want to, this might even blow your mind sam to go even further out of the thousands and thousands of cuneiform tablets that have been recovered most of them have never been translated
1: oh my god okay
2: so if you are if you were a true historian an archaeologist who's, who would say, I want to know what happened back then. Wouldn't you think that you'd want to use the most ancient uh, evidence that we have to figure out considering that so many things were tampered with and rewritten? That's why the word history is this history. It's the story of whatever conquering army won and basically rewrote whatever
1: the narrative was. Yeah. History's written by the winners, or so we say. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, but, do you want me to get back to the Sumerian king list? You yeah, gonna, please um, do. I, I go on tangents. Okay. Please do. Yeah, I, I can get off on all kinds of uh, tangents dude, too. This is it's wonderful. It's just there's so much to go over. Um, okay, so we so we set the stage there. Um, there are thousands of cuneiform tablets, and the ones that we're going to be reviewing and talking about are only a couple of those. But however, out of those that large amount of them, some of these tablets that have been translated. By some of the the, the greatest experts, Assyriologists experts in history, who are they are the best at what they do. And I want to make that clear when we start talking about this polluted term that's known as the Anunnaki. Because getting it right out there, a lot of a lot of people want to say Zechariah Sitchin created it and he mistranslated it, and none of it's real. But what we what we're gonna go over, we're gonna lead from the Sumerian kingless to the adrahasis which has direct evidence that proves that there were um, ancient beings long ago that may have had a significant influence on our history. And we're going to, and we're going to show how that, that, how that played because man, those, those um, with these, these cuneiform tablets weren't just written by any, any, you know, every other person. Oh, some peasant decided to write this. No, these were all written by these past Kings Okay, and which is what we're going to go over. They were kings, just like like when we talk, when we read when when the story about like Gilgamesh and how depictions of Gilgamesh show him with like this, 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 this adult lion sitting on his lap and it looks like a house cat. We're going to go into all that stuff coming up. But the point is, there's a lot of secrets in ancient history that we haven't been told that really rewrites what we what we know now. So let's 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 start here. The Sumerian king list represents one of the oldest of these cuneiform tablets of all. And the proof behind that is is by what it says, because it goes further than almost any other um, timetable we have. And what it essentially states is it reviews all these different kings of Sumer. Sumer was a region that, that's part of this Mesopotamian area that's now Iraq. So it was, you know, this confluence of the euphrates and tigris rivers and then there was this kingdoms of sumer and out of out of sumer you had a people called the sumerians okay now the sumerians were the first civilization we still have evidence for and i want to point that out that actually survived we still have evidence for that survived for who developed basically everything that we have now in terms of agriculture laws um Looking at how social systems should be run, the governing structures behind them, mathematics, um, astronomy, all of these things came from the Sumerians. And yet, when you're in school and you're learning about this stuff, you'd be lucky if you even get a blurb about the Sumerians, which, yeah. is, which is amazing, isn't it?
1: Which is, you know, when we I, the last time we talked on is like the Sumerians just at some point came out of the caves. And people aren't quite sure how that happened. But it's very interesting you say that's for the record. Is it possible there could be even people before them? Or do you think that's where it all starts?
2: And that's that's a difficult um, question. What we're going to basically go over are um, two distinct time periods called the pre-diluvian time period and the post-diluvian time period. And those represent human civilizations that were divided by a great cataclysm or a series of cataclysms that occurred at the end of the younger Dryas. But we, but I'll go on a, I'll go off on a, a whole nother road there. If I, if I try to go down that road yet, but let's, let's go, let's go there as we talk about the Sumerian king list, because it's going to directly relate when it, with, with what it says. Okay. Okay. So, so the Sumerians are some of the oldest civilizations we have on the planet. OK, and they they themselves may actually even be divided by two different distinct time periods. So when we look at when we're looking at the Sumerian king list, we're actually talking about this
1: pre-Diluvian time period, meaning this was written. So Diluvian is 10, this. Ca- so Diluvian is the is the event in which the 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 great we'll call it flood at this point, we'll yes. call it flood. That's before the flu- – we have before the flood and after the flood. Is that what we're talking about right now? So Yeah,
2: and, it, and it's not just a flood. There was a series of disasters that occurred, uh, and I'll just mention that – I always I always mention this, but it's my favorite thing to mention is that where I'm talking to you right now in Maine, I had one to two miles of ice, miles above my head only ten, ten to 11,000 years ago. We're, and that's and- not even that's, – that's nothing compared to the – if you look at the history of like our planet, you know, talking about billions of years.
0: Were any okay? of those, those, cali- those, those history things that happened, any of those, did, were there dinosaurs? Were there any dinosaurs? <laughs> were they, did they not believe in dinosaurs? Well, yeah. Were they bef- we're, way we're before? About
1: millions of years ago? though. Yeah. The dinosaurs are million years. We're but, talking 250,000. But they
0: never 000. wrote about it. Cause like on the pyramid, I've always said like, they didn't like see them or something. Isn't it, wouldn't it be part of? It well, like wouldn't it be mentioned?
1: Yeah, but the I mean it, Egypt mentions Anunnaki. You see like Anunnaki stuff in that. I don't know why well, don't,
2: it's the. It's, the,
1: it's, it's interesting
2: that you mentioned that because Angkor Wat, which is a site in Cambodia, it's an ancient site. There is a depiction of, and, and I, I highly advise people go look. There is an ancient depiction of what you, undeniably looks like a
1: Stegosaurus on wow. what is the name of that balls. what is the name of that we're going to try to spell People that how do yeah. you spell that you, you can
2: pull it up right now and you can look at it i mean we're, we're trying to talk about the smearing king list but it's difficult <laughs> you, you end up getting off on all these different tangents but um the point the point is i do not think that humans were necessarily around during when dinosaurs were but i don't i don't think it's beyond our under, our, our um our imagination to think that if some of these beings that we're going to talk about at some point here are ancient, I mean, I mean, very, very ancient, then it wouldn't have been that difficult for them to tell another civilization about what was here before, and, and then describe it so that they could, you know, put it into some of these. But essentially, let me let me get back to where we were before here. <laughs> so this, so the Sumerian king list is this record of all the different kings that ruled in Sumer. Before this, these disasters occurred, and that's why I mentioned um, that there was one to two miles of ice above my head, because if you have an ice age, nothing like we have now, where the entire northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere is covered in these miles of ice, and you have something like that melt in a very short amount of time, you can imagine what that might do in terms of creating some sort of a flood. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into as we go through the Sumerian king list. Wow. Okay. Okay, so so what the Sumerian king list is essentially is reviews all these kings that ruled during Sumer, and it, and it talks about when they ruled. And more specifically, what you're interested in, Sam, is it talks about how long they ruled for. And that's going to be difficult for us to wrap our heads around. So before we start, I want everyone to try to clear their mind of all these indoctrinated dates that we've been given and these uh, misconceptions for, for perhaps how long a human could live during a different time period compared to now. And that things are not the same way that they used to be. And th- and we'll go into why that, why that is. But so the first, and I want to list, I want to read to you the direct um, translation from the best experts we have about how this starts. and And we can, this is, you can you can look at this from the from the standpoint of um, it gives us a timetable to work with that is better than anything we have essentially now. And what it says is, in I quote, After the kingship descended from heaven, the kingship was in Eridu. Aluim became the king. He ruled there for twenty-eight thousand years. Oh
1: my god.
2: Then Eridu fell, and the kingship was taken to Bad Tabira. Okay, and then it goes on, and I'll go into this in a second, and then it goes on to basically state that after Eridu fell and the kingship was moved to Baptopira, and then a couple kings ruled between there, and then we get another king who ruled the city of Larag, and then later on we get this other king. So you just get these lists of all these different cities and how long these kings ruled there based on the fact that these locations were attacked by invading armies or – the entire structure of what that remember it's about kingship. And yeah. We're gonna talk about what that means. Yeah. That structure was 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 lost and they had to then re-lower it again. Now this is hard for some people to wrap their head around because most people here today live to a maximum of say, you know, like 105 years old or 110 years old. Yeah. And then and then we die. Well one of the things you learn about is that all of these cuneiform tablets that were written were written from these past kings. And they, so it wasn't just a common person. And these kings were part of these specific bloodlines. And I want to, so I want to start by what does kingship mean? It means more than I think most people tend to give it credit for. When you look at our society, um, well, with how history has gone, and even up until today, we find this long history of these successive bloodline kings who their families rule for for long periods of time and, all, and then their children children rule and then they try to keep that bloodline right And that's how it's gone well when you read about these kings they all, they state it's specifically that they were chosen to rule and that they were designated to rule so they weren't, this wasn't just a random thing where someone gets is just in power for no reason these were chosen bloodline kings to rule. And the reason why that's so important is that that's the clue to why they ruled and had reigns that were so long. Because they were part of these very select certain bloodlines that today can can still be traced to some of these controlling families like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. They have these direct connections all the way back to some of these Sumerian kings, okay? I mean, now,
1: d- dude, we get into when you start talking about, you know, this this celebrity, this person, looks a lot like this guy from way back then, and this guy looks a lot like that dude from way back then, and it's just like, it's interesting things. That's all could, I
0: thought about was time traveling. I was yeah, these could somebody be alive traveling.
1: forever, and they just keep going around st- establishing you know, new identities to keep this going. I find it definitely possible.
2: Well, okay. And, and the other thing is about what does kingship mean? If you have, let's just say hypothetically, you wanted um, a civilization to be run a certain way, you would want someone to be put in power that would have your best interest in mind, right? Right. Kind of, sort of like what we see going on right now in Venezuela but that's, that's for another discussion. Yes. Um, You would want someone in power who's going to have your best interests, so that they can essentially do what you want them to do. And then it'll reflect your interests. Okay. Right. That's, that's exactly what happened back in this time period. And we'll go into a little bit about who those ancient rulers were that wanted things to be the way they are. But when you have a kingship model specifically, let's, let's just throw it out, throw out there that it, the idea that this was all developed because of people and that it was just the way our natural development. And this is how it went. That's not what I've seen at all. If you, if you have a kingship model um, that's created somewhere, it means that those people, those, those people that make up that community, that's that social community, they are not allowed to vote for who's king. In fact, they have no say in who's king, whoever's king, is the one who makes all the rules there at the top of the pyramid structure of this entire kingship model and that the way that things are governed can be governed however they want. Yes. That's what kingship is. It's a certain type of social control where you create a certain kind of governing and going forward, and and the reason why kingship is so dangerous is like we've seen throughout, you know, the Roman Empire and everything. If you have some evil king, if you have some evil person in charge, they can cause a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, for they sure. Can, they, and they can, they can be someone who um, can cause misery and war and, and genocide. And it's, it's something where the people have almost no way to control that. And that's what we keep seeing happening. You know, whenever kingship fell, it was then re-lowered again to another city right after to maintain this certain structure. And when I, when I mean maintain. I mean maintain for over 200,000 years. So what, and that is not an accident. So what There's you're no way saying that, that's an accident.
1: that what you're saying is what we talk about in American politics of that, uh, you know, it's like, Oh Trump. Yay. Trump. Oh yay. Obama. That it doesn't really matter because it's the people who are putting these guys into office are the ones de- deciding the structure. And this is, purposeful and they control everything, but you're saying it's even bigger than that, that this has been done for two hundred thousand years for yeah. the kings, the politicians, there's some grant something bigger that is maintaining this, which could go exactly. back to the Tibetan book of the dead, the yeah. lizard people. And, you know, I mean, it's just like it all starts to come together that there's this small group of people who were created to control us who are basically gold harvesters for this Anunnaki or whatever. We're going to get into that. But that makes sense to me. That makes sense. And, and I
2: can talk about more, um, that. I think it goes a lot, a lot further beyond just. um some rare metal. I think it goes much further than that. And we can talk about that as we go, as we continue here. And and, and I'm going to, I'm going to directly lead into what these ancient writings physically say regarding human origins and why we're here. Okay. So, and I want to jump all the way to the end of the Sumerian king list. Okay. Okay. So we had all these Kings that ruled for all these, these lengthy amounts of times. And they're part of these very select ancient bloodlines that in many ways No longer remain today in the same way, in the same fashion, in terms of the genetics are no longer have this age, um, this genetic marker, this genetic uh, composition that allows these these types of um, kings and these types of rulers to rule this long. It doesn't exist anymore. It's it's largely gone because we're talking about again hundreds of thousands of years now. When we get to the end of the Sumerian king list, this is where it gets important because it starts linking other writings together. And then you start to bridge the whole gap in understanding this. And what it says is essentially the last great king of the, of the Sumerian king list, his name was Ubaratutu. Okay? And then what it says is he ruled for 18,600 years in the city of Sharupak and then the flood swept over. That's, that's what it specifically says in the Sumerian king list. And then right after that point, it says that kingship after the flood destroyed everything, was then re-lowered again to the city of Atania and, and then, of course, we have a, a cuneiform tablet that directly comes from Atania too, we can talk about.
1: What do you mean that's by so re-lowering? This, re-lowering. Did you say re-lowering? Re-lowering. So
2: if you have this old world here, with all the, the civilizations that were global around the world that were connected in a, in a much different way than we have now, not in a scientific technological way, but in more of an understanding of energy and um, balance and understanding how, you know, how reality really works, I, I, you could say. So in the Sumerian king list, that states that Ubaratutu was the last king that ruled there. However, there are other versions you can find that, that state that for a brief amount of time, his son ruled for only a couple of years, though. That's why he's not really listed before it was destroyed. Now, his son was named Zayasudra. The last king of, of Sumer was named Zayasudra. Zayasudra's real name was Atrahasis. Now, Atrahasis was the name that was later used to describe Noah in the, in the, in the Christian Bible. So what the Atrahasis is, is it is the original story of who this Noah character was before it got all rewritten and tampered with and confused with
1: all this animal, two of every animal and everything involved. So the Bible is basically just a compilation. The Bible is a
2: compilation. What we're talking about here is an actual evidence-driven history of a great cataclysm coming here and then someone being warned. Who ended up surviving? That's how we can wrap our heads around that. Okay. Oh
1: my god.
2: Okay, so so Atrahasis, um, who was who is listed in the Sumerian king list at the very end, is uh, as Zayasudra, He he was the king of Shrupak right before the disasters occurred at, at, during the younger Dryas. So he's the very last king there for only a couple of years before everything was destroyed. And what the story go, it, what it states, if you So when we move beyond the uh, the Sumerian king list, we then jump right immediately to the cuneiform tablet called the Audrahasis. And it's called the Epic Audrahasis, very similar to the Epic of Gilgamesh in terms of telling a story of one of these ancient kings of Mesopotamia that lived for an an enormous amount of time. And during that time, they were able to tell the story of what happened. And that's how we look at all this stuff. Okay. Wow. And so – what now? What the Atrahasis um, states is it not only discusses the, the origins of, of mankind because Atrahasis was someone who ended up being very connected to some of these you could call them um, these overlord gods. Um, yeah. From back in the day, okay, and it, you remember this? You remember everyone remembers the story of Noah, right? He was warned about the yeah. flood coming and blah blah blah. Well, you find out the reason why Jesus was warned was because he was actually a direct descendant of these these beings, these kings. That's why these kings were chosen because they had a certain bloodline that that would could could connect all the way back to where this very this this began. And over time, that bloodline became muted, and 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 even some, potentially some tampering occurred. And then here we go. Now we only live a hundred years, and we have all these problems and we you know we're pretty sickly most of the time and then we end up dying but but there really is this entire other side to our consciousness and energy that goes far beyond just the the physical body that we tend to associate most of our reality with so in my opinion the entrehasis is probably the most important cuneiform tablet of all because not only does it tell us about the origins of mankind, but it talks about these disastrous events that occurred with, the, with these um, at, the young, at the end of Younger Dryas, which was, just to point that out there, people don't know, that's, that's the time period I'm talking about between 10,000 and 12,800 years ago. That's when, and, and that's a long time period if you think about it. That's a couple thousand years. Yeah. That means that in a couple thousand year period when we had our last ice age, Events occurred that were so disastrous that they, they literally wiped out entire advanced civilizations that once were all all across the planet from from South America up through the up through the Americas, Central America, all the way across through Mesopotamia, places like Petra Jordan and Baalbek, Lebanon and right across through Turkey and Iraq and Syria and, and other places, too, like India Southeast Asia and there and there are other megalithic civilizations too but that's how you know that they're part of a certain time period they're all called what are known as megalithic civilizations and it means megalithic means a single stone block and that those were the civilizations that created these enormous structures with these huge stone blocks with perfect precision that we're told nomadic tribes move with wooden pulleys from enormous distances and somehow constructed these, these enormous pyramids and temples that in many ways we couldn't necessarily even build today with quite as much precision.
1: Yeah. So it's like, basically, how did they move these giant rocks that right now would almost be impossible for us with our technology to do it? And how are the cuts so like just precision that how did they do that without the kind of mechanisms, computers, technology that we have yep. now, which would indicate most likely it came from an advanced civilization. Of yeah, maybe not even just people, but just like outer world beings, possibly.
2: Well, and that's where um, that's where certain locations, if you study around the world, can really start to blow your mind. And I, and one of those that's very, very famous that doesn't really get talked about in this kind of way is a site like. Uh, like Machu Picchu, okay, in the Inca the Incan site of Machu Picchu, down in down in Peru, South America. Remember, that's that site that's way on top of the mountain that's famous because it's it's the highest ancient site in the world. And you walk around, you say, "Wow, this is amazing that a civilization did this," and then you just move on. Except for the fact that if you go walk around the site and if you look at old pictures, you can see and and. Great researchers, like I want to just mention, like Brian Forrester does an amazing job at, at reviewing this. But if you look at these sites, you can see that there are these distinctive t- um, building periods that, that happened with completely different ages. So you go to Machu go to Machu Picchu, you walk around, and you're seeing all of these little small blocks that were all put together with some kind of a mortar in between. And then all of a sudden, in one spot is this one section of wall with these enormous, perfectly designed Stones that are five times as big as all the other stuff, and they're perfectly designed. And then, and then on top of it, you see all this other building with this much less precise accuracy that was done. And what that states is that you see that what we think of as the Inca are actually just these descendants that found these ancient sites and then tried to build them back up again and tried to and tried to make them marvels like they once were. But the knowledge that that they had at that point was so, was lacking so much compared to before that they only could do so much. And they didn't understand what these civilizations before did. And that's why I call them. They're the megalithic civilizations because they're the only ones around the world that were able to take these enormous stone blocks. And I want to give you some information. If you go to Baalbek, Lebanon, okay. Lebanon is near, is near Israel in that, in that whole Middle East, Middle Eastern area. There is a stone there that is what over 1,000 tons, over 1,000 tons that was going to be moved and it was never able to be quarried out because something happened and then they had to leave it there. Okay, but so so this is the reason I'm I'm getting off on this tangent is I want people to understand that what Atrahasis represents is part of that time period. He's part of this lost time period of, a, of human history when technologies allowed them to build and move these enormous blocks. Now, how did they cut them and move them? Well, if we look back at what these um, civilizations supposedly had with these, the whole idea of bronze tools and them chipping away with all these different things, you find that it's impossible. These stones are made of such a dense... Um, rock material that they're only go look at the Mohs scale for hardness to understand that you have to have something harder than something else to be able to cut it. Right. You can find that the only way that the, a lot, most of these stones could have been cut with some, it w- would have been with some kind of a diamond tip blade, which of course gets to a lot of other questions, which which would be how, how did they have these diamond tip blade um, drills? How would they have the knowledge to even understand how to build that back then? Where did they get that from and what was the purpose behind them? Okay. Yeah. And when I start, the more you start digging into that, and the more you look, you see that every single time it was one purpose. It was to find these certain types of rocks that had higher amounts of quartz in them and that were very dense so that they could create these temples to magnify and, and tap into these invisible energy lines that, that, that cover this entire planet. If you've done it, Sam, I'm sure you're, you're aware of Nikola Tesla, yes. who basically discovered free energy. Yeah. Well, he discovered what they already had known, which was that if you tap into these certain locations around the world where these energy – they're called ley lines. These energy convergent lines around our planet, they're electromagnetic energy. If you can tap into where they are and harness them, you can have unlimited free energy. Oh, my God. So these God, these civilizations – the purpose behind the pyramids all around the world—they had nothing to do with pharaohs. In fact, they weren't even built by the pharaohs. You think of Khufu's pyramid in, in Egypt, that which we call—I call the Great Pyramid of Giza. I, don't, I refuse to use the name Khufu because he was what you call uh, um, a dynastic pharaoh of Egypt, and they were way after this time period we're talking about. They simply came in, just like the Inca, and took over these sites and put their own hieroglyphics on, and then try to claim them for their own. Like Kind of like grizzly bears in uh,
1: Detroit, who just like move into a house, and they're like, it's our house. Exactly. And and we don't know how to make this house. That house used used to to be beautiful.
2: It used to be really well built. And then now these caretakers, they do kind of a crappy job. They don't don't do a very good job maintaining it. And yet they try to take credit for it from the very beginning. Okay.
1: Hold on. So So dude, you said something that just, is it so insane you're telling me that these pyramids weren't meant for the pharaohs that the pyramids not only that, were more of like
2: that it's one of the greatest lies in history because we're we're literally taught in school if you if you go in school and you sit down and you say oh, you learn about Egypt they say that the great pyramids were built to house pharaohs Except there's never been a pharaoh ever found in the Great Pyramids, all three of them in history. And, and you just do a little quick search on your computer and you type in, where were the pharaohs buried? And you, you find out that um, over, a little over 400 miles south of Giza, the Great Pyramids of Giza, is a place called the Valley of the Kings. Tutankhamun and all these famous Ramses, all these famous pharaohs, they were all buried there. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Then, so what were the purpose of that? Well, you go in, you go into something like the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's no writings in it at all. None. Except for the fact that all of these, these different shafts and these rooms are all aligned to specific star constellations. And they had this, they're tuned actually for this harmonic frequency that matches human consciousness. Oh so then God. you start looking at it like, wait a minute, where are all these ancient sites built around the world? Oh, they're all built on these ley line convergence centers everywhere on the planet. You go to the Inca sites of Tiwanaku and Machu Picchu, they're built right on one of these energy ley lines. You go right across to Giza and the pyramids, right on one of these energy ley lines. Go up to the druids up in up which we're going to talk about with St. Patrick, right on one of these energy ley lines. Every single one of these megalithic sites around the world is built in a very specific location for a reason.
1: Because on, they're trying hey. to Hey Aaron, is someone in at six? Yeah. Fuck. All right, man. So we got. Here's what nah, gonna... I haven't even started to
2: get into. Like half of what I was going okay. to talk about. Okay. So
1: what we're <laughs> going to do, dude, is I want to get into. So I'm, we're going to cut out a couple of these things. Hold on. Wow, dude. Yeah, those are the lines. You see that? Look, look where the
2: locations are now.
1: Now look at now. Notice down off South
2: America. That's not on the content anymore. That's because these cataclysms were so devastating that's literally some of, the, some of the tectonic plates and locations and where North, the North Pole was shifted. So you take some of these lines and you adjust them slightly, and some of them used to be found in, in other locations. But look at, the, look at the Southwest. Look at the Southwest United States near where you guys are. That's where the ancient Hopi were in the Cherokee, oh. which just, just like these other locations. If a civilization had knowledge of the flood, it means that they were alive before the flood. And the Hopi have extensive stories where they, they were told that they were led into caves and, 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 and saved by something, someone they called the ant people. And we found ancient caves in places like the Grand Canyon and all these locations that, that proves that there were civilizations around the planet that were not part of this slow migration of the Bering Sea Strait and all these things that we've been told. They're, they're part of a lost civilization that used to be all around the world. And that's what is so important about these cuneiform tablets because they tell that story. They tell that exact story. And, and, I, and, I, and if you wanted me to meet up, I can bring up some of that stuff, some of these tablets. We, we can talk about the Eagle and the Serpent. Where did you want to
1: go, Sam? Because okay. we can go a lot of different <laughs> places. Because we're going we're gonna to have to do a part two, like, very, very soon, a follow-up on this. Okay. I might put this out a little later, dude. I gotta figure this out, man. Because we might have to do a second part of this. I gotta figure this out. We uh, just scratched the surface, my a I know. I, a lot more. <laughs> I know, but there's so much. So while we do this, we're gonna we're gonna so the Great Flood, do you think we'll do that and then this eagle and serpent, and then we'll talk tiny bit about Anunnaki. And then we'll come back another time. We'll hit St. Patrick, Cortez, and flag Mexico. So
2: Yeah, and that,
1: that deals with the eagle and the
2: serpent, so you might want to save all that for uh, that. Okay, for that
1: so um, let's just do the flood and then Anunnaki, and then we'll okay. bang all that other stuff out on, on part two of this. Okay. Um, we're going to do I know we're going to get murdered for this going short, but, you know, it's – How much time do I have left? You got eight minutes, man, to talk about (laughs) the flood. Is the flood purposeful? Was it done purposely? Like that, when you, I watch your video where somebody translated the tablets. I don't know if I call them tablets, but they translated (laughs) them. And it basically said we were getting too loud. And someone's like, enough of this, dude. We got to clean this up. They're getting out of control. And... Fire rang from the sky. We were covered in what you're saying is 10,000 miles of ice, possibly, or thousands of one miles. One to two miles. One <laughs> Okay, or one to two miles. One to two miles and fire from – and melted it all. You're okay. saying purposefully. So,
2: I Atrahasis, remember, he was the son of the last king of the Sumerian king list. So then you link that right to that, okay? So then what Atrahasis says is he states that – right after he was in charge of Shurupak, this devastating flood took over that basically destroyed the, the previous world. It destroyed this previous, um, these previous civilizations, and then they had to completely start over again. But every time they started over, they lost a tremendous amount of what they had before because these great gods, these beings we're about to talk about, they were no longer here. They were no longer influencing them. So every time one of these disasters would occur... And then another civilization would try to would try to develop again. They had less and less knowledge than before until all of a sudden you get today where we have only these bits and pieces left. And most people don't even think any of it was real. So what what Andrew essentially says is that he was tasked with creating a boat that could survive this wall of water that was going to come through. And he was told to create an enormous boat that was built out of cedar because cedar is the strongest wood in the world and it doesn't rot. Okay. So he he had to build this boat with his family and and he had to survive because it was not there was not a lot of human beings that even survived. There was only a few small families that were either taken into caves or survived through other means that then had to repopulate. As hard as that is for us to wrap our heads around, we're talking about um, over 10,000 years ago. And so what he says is these disasters occurred – because these great these great beings that that are, they call themselves the anuna the sumerians call them the anunnaki but they the anunnaki means those who are those who from heaven to earth came or those who from Anu were sent now a lot of people have put those into the category of some kind of a mistranslation and blah 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 but if you go look at the adrahasis and the Anuma Elish and some of these other tablets from the best experts in the world, which the two best experts are George Smith and Stephanie Daly. And George Smith translated this stuff 100 years before Zechariah Sitchin, 100 years. OK, and what it essentially states is that these great Anuna beings who tampered with the pre hominid that was found here, this Neanderthal Denisovian, they use their DNA bloodline. Remember, they, they're ancient beings to create human beings, which is why these kings were living so long. The, because they were missing part of link,
1: dude, lines. that's the missing link, right? Yes, exactly.
2: Oh man. I got so, a question about that. Because in oh. those families that had more um, bloodline connections than others were chosen because they wanted these certain bloodlines to rule and they wanted certain rules and certain be- people to be in charge to basically keep the model of kingship going here. Okay. So, so when these disasters occurred, they had to keep trying to re-lowering kingship over and over again to each of, each of these locations because the Anunnaki decided that there were all of these things going on in the earth that were not supposed to happen here. They were not balanced. They were not what, what should be occurring. And if you read things like the Book of Enoch, which is one of, these, one of these ancient Gnostic writings that was left out of the Bible, they specifically talk about these Nephilim, these giants – and, and they talk about like in the Bible talks about giants too, all kinds of places is people and people hear that word. And they're like, come on, really? Giants? These remember I mentioned Gil- Gilgamesh. You look go look at depictions of Gilgamesh. He was a king, one of these Sumerian kings. He had a lion in, in these images that has a mane. A young lion can't have a mane until it's an adult. And it shows it the size of a cat essentially next to him. And you can see that on all these other ones, which means every single king I mentioned, Atrahasis, uh, Ubaratutu, Alam—all these—they were all tall, ancient bloodline giants, just tall humans. Don't even use that word giants; just call them tall humans that were directly connected to these ancient beings. Well, things got out of out of hand because. People were living for thousands of years. There was wars all over the planet. There was giants everywhere. And so what What did they do? They wanted to reset everything.
1: Oh, and, man.
2: and also, there was, there was a ton of knowledge. There was knowledge of, of everything around the world. That's why these civilizations knew so much. So they reset the entire thing. They allowed this devastating event to occur, or devastating events to occur, in order to reset the entire thing so that they could start over. And then when that happened... Remember, this is after 10,000 years ago. So like eight, 9,000 years ago, everything started over again, and it was run a certain way. Oh and my that certain God. way oh my made God. it so that a lot of this stuff ended up being hidden and rewritten and then turned into these powerful religious organizations around
1: the world. Dude, you are and- just blowing my fucking mind. Let Real me quick. ask him
0: that question. That flood you're talking about, is that what caused the water erosion on the pyramids? Most no. likely, yes. Yeah, that's flood's so that the you're one that did that.
2: about the water erosion marks that are on the Sphinx itself. Yeah, if wow. you go look at the Sphinx around the edge of it, the, that's a good call. That's a, it's good you point that out because the water erosion marks around the Sphinx is absolute proof of this timeline. Because all you have to do is look at Greenland Greenland ice core samples from what the climate was like at that time period and historic rainfall patterns, and you can see, hey, there hasn't been rain or or floods that were enough to create this unless you go back more than 10,000 years ago. And, yeah. and, and that's how you know that they were built in a different time period.
1: Matt, listen yeah. to me. You are blowing our minds. We're going to have a part two of this. I'm going to see if I can get us in maybe next week to do a second part so we can follow up on this. So we can get into all that stuff. Oh, we do. But we got a fucking, a man who works directly for the lizard people hitting us up, (laughs) telling us we're getting too close to the truth and that we got to stop it. And only for our safeties and our family safeties that we're going to have to stop this right now because the lizard people are coming. Matt, one more time. We're going to, we're going to set it up next week for us to finish this conversation. So nobody get pissed off. Part two is coming. Matt tell them where they can find all yourself. You you've been wonderful guests. They got we, I want all my all of our listeners to come follow you and all your stuff. So tell them where they can find you. Thanks.
2: Um uh, my website is thestageoftime.com, where I have a lot of my videos and updates on the new book that I'm writing called The Stage of Time and my YouTube channel is Matthew LaCroy, Lacroix, L A C R O I X. And I and this is what I live for. So I'm going to just continue to keep putting this out because the evidence speaks for itself. I think, right, Sam?
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, dude, uh, you blew my mind. We're going to, uh, again, if you're ever in LA too, we could do that a whole nother episode with you. Uh, anytime. I would love to. Whenever you make it out here, you let me know and we'll set something up, but we're going to do a follow up. Uh, Mr. Matt LaCroix, uh, great question by XG. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a wonderful episode. The, I mean, I've had, this is such a great episode. So thank you so much, Matt. We'll do it again. I got to thank Jeffrey Wilson and the Conspiracy Farm for uh, introducing me to you and telling me to get a hold of you. So you're a fucking G homeboy. And uh, we will talk soon. Get some shit on those walls, dog. And uh, we'll talk <laughs> soon, dude. You're a wonderful person. Thank you so much, Matt.
2: Thanks so much, Sam. I look forward to talking to you again. I we'll appreciate it. We'll do it
1: again, buddy, for sure. Thank you. thank you. Bye, everybody. We love Bye. you. Thank you.